Welcome to Puto Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by... Kerry Clack, columnist, editorial writer. Metro editor, Greg Jefferson. Nancy Pryor Johnson, deputy editorial board editor. And uh, we're going to talk today about... Uh, the momentum that we can, I think we all can see building on the uh, the gun reform issue, both in Texas and uh, other parts of the country, certainly in Tennessee. Um, but before we do that, I want to talk about Proposition A, which I think is really the um, the issue that's driving the, the most interest in the, in the San Antonio municipal election, which is happening on, on May 6th. Uh, early voting starts April 24th. And Proposition A is, is a... Uh, uh, a charter, a proposed charter amendment, which would uh, expand the city's site and release program. It would decriminalize abortion and, and marijuana. And uh, we've seen both the we on this podcast we've had representatives of both sides. We've had the representatives from the police union and uh, also the the, the Prop A uh, side. Um, but we've seen the business community come out strongly against it. Um, uh, Local radio host Trey Ware, we know is a staunch conservative, has described Prop A as the the most stupid thing he's seen uh, proposed in San Antonio in all, in all his years. Um, Mayor Ron Nuremberg, at, to my surprise, uh, came out last week against it. Um, he did not. Uh, he's kind of stayed out of the the fray a couple of years ago when we had uh, some of the same activists had uh, uh, a proposition that would have. Uh, taken away collective bargaining from the police union. But in this case, he, he did, I think, I, I was going to ask you about this, Greg. I mean, get your thoughts on this. Uh, my sense is that, you know, there are people in the business community who um, wanted him to. Just yeah. Be, yeah. I think they exerted a lot of pressure on, on Mayor Nuremberg to get him to speak out against this. It's just my, is my impression. I, I mean, so. it, we're in this interesting place. I mean, think back, you know, going on 10 years ago, there was a real rift between the business community and the police union over Cheryl, Cheryl Scully. So basi- basically, Cheryl Scully and the union had gone to war over, uh, over the upcoming contract, at the time the upcoming contract. And the business community sided with with Scully in that. I mean, took out ads, and you know, it, it looked like a campaign. And and now, with this issue with Prop A, uh, they're back in alignment. Uh, business community is on the same page as the police union, and I think uh, that that's creating a, a tremendous amount of pressure on on Nuremberg. Yeah, and the I think the the probably the most competitive city council race, District One. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that one, we've seen Mario Bravo, the incumbent, uh, d- uh, kind of refused to take yeah, the side of that. exactly. Which is I don't you know that's that's not going to fly in this election. I think I think Prop A is such a powerful uh, issue. It's gonna it's gonna shape or in some cases warp every probably council race. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Mario Bravo is not wanting to take a stand on the most important issue on the ballot, honestly. Uh, is, I just don't see that being a really great campaign it, strategy. It's interesting, too, that two years ago <laughs> with the Fix SAPD proposition, he also exactly. stayed out of that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I I think my memory is that he, he had worked with that group early on, kind yeah. of helping them, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. kind of shape their, their, their messaging or to when they were uh, – Mm-hmm. Trying to get the uh, the petition drive together, and mm-hmm. then he said, "You know, he I think he was pretty openly said for political reasons, yeah. I'm staying yeah, out of this." Right? right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, mm-hmm. um, Carrie, you know, what do you make of the? It just seems like this has become such a lightning rod issue that, and we can talk a little bit about what the the, the practical effects will be if this passes. But 
beyond that, it just seems like this um, it seems is dividing people. When people are talking about you know being tough on crime, we're talking about the you know protecting businesses, and then uh, versus um, you know. Uh, police reform uh, all these all these issues are, are kind of playing out here I think the problem for the for the supporters and architects of proposition a is that it's not dividing it enough if mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. mathematically yeah. uh, proposition three we would have meetings with candidates and it would be pretty much 50 50 we're doing a uh, we've had so far seven city council candidate endorsement meetings and uh, with all the candidates and so far, there's 17 against and three, four. And I, and Mario, Mario was the same way in our meeting, mm. but I put him in the against category because everything he said was pretty much against. Interesting. Um, it, it, this would be one of the great political upsets if yeah. it, should, it, it should pass, uh, but it just seems to be this momentum that's rolling against And it. I guess the question is like why... Because you're right. I mean, that we our candidates are very. I mean, suit corps, I think, is in in the, in the she, district one came out for it, and I was only because of the abortion right. abortion issue. Yeah. But I but yeah. I'm I'm guess I'm betting that she's getting some some serious yeah. pushback in district one. I don't. Uh, Jeremy Roberts, who's the the other big challenger, is against it. Right. Really interesting to see how that's going to play. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, the the problem is that they put them all in one and um, didn't divide them up. But mm-hmm. I think that was how they felt they had the best chance, you know, just throw it all against the wall and see what sticks kind of thing. Hopefully you'll, you know, have somebody like Shakur. Um, that one really surprised me. And, you know, I am all for the rights, right? Abortion rights, women's rights to choose, um, all of that. A woman should be able to choose. We all know what happened to that. But to be able to put that up there and just say that is the only reason I support this, um, that makes it that makes it problematic, you know. And um, when we are interviewing these candidates, um, you know, I'm surprised sometimes um, at everybody against it. But that's the reason why. It's just because it's just way too much in one in one proposition there. It is a lot, yeah. And this is it's coming along in a period of of increased rates of crime. Uh, so there's you know we're you know San Antonians are more concerned about crime now than they would be in, you know, a, 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 you know, a period with less criminal activity. And on top of that, you've got the police union with a, their, their messaging is, is very simple. <laughs> you know, this will, you know, uh, approving Prop A will result in more crime. And it's, it's, a, it's a very complicated argument that they're making that, you know, basically permissiveness, uh, the the writing of citations rather than the making of arrests will lead to and encourage more crime. That's arguable, but that's not really their argument. It's yeah. like this, it's going to it's going to mean more crime. Yeah. And so far, the, the supporters of Prop A, their response has been I mean, they they you know, they're kind of thrown back on their heels and it, they kind of get into the weeds. They mm-hmm. get in, they try to sort out, you know, fact from fiction. And in doing that, it you just lose people. It's, uh, just, it's, a, it's a very complex yeah. thing they're trying to do, and they kind of get lost in in the details. Yeah, and you know, if you think about Proposition B, which was about collective bargaining, uh, it was I think harder for the police union to uh, people aren't, aren't. It's it's much easier thing to make the argument uh, or to uh, get people concerned about the, the possibility of. Of property theft, um, when it's you know when it's down to like protecting collective right. bargaining for, for police union, it's you know people yeah. are, don't necessarily care that much, and that was also before 
the union had negotiated a new contract, and people probably remembered that they had, uh, you know, there it had been a, a struggle uh, getting coming to an agreement the the, the, the previous time. So um, that was a really close election, and I don't I don't know how it's going to play. Out. I, the thing that that for me, when it uh, you, you've got a couple of things going on, I think the fact that the city is not going to implement this. I mean, aside from the creation of the justice director, uh, Andy Segovia, the city attorney, said, we're not going to implement this because it, it violates state law. So you've got that factor. You've got, you're going to have a lawsuit uh, over the abortion issue uh, if it passes. So I think even people who support police reform have to be a little frustrated at, at the thought that most of what they want to see happen here will not be implemented, most likely. And I, I mean, I, I don't. We may see a legal challenge if uh, if that happens, but that's that's I think a problematic situation. The other thing is that I think when you really look at the effects of this, I don't think that they're as major. Uh, if if this was implemented, I don't think the effects would be as major as maybe people on either side. Thing. Because we all know we've had a site and release program in the city since 2019. Um, if you look at cases, looking at, at, at city data, cases since this has been in effect, or at least over the first 39 months from going up to October of 2022, if in cases in which they had the option, the officers had the option to, to cite people, because there's some cases where it might be uh, – it might f- qualify for site and release, but then there's an outstanding arrest warrant or there's some, you know, some other offense involved. But in cases where they really had the option to cite people, in 80% of those cases, they did cite people. And there, I think there are about 1,800 cases of property theft where they just gave people a ticket. Um, and there's also the fact that you know, they, make sure they have to get their proper ID to make sure that they, this isn't they're not, somebody's just not making up a name. Or, and, so, and that person has to show up you know, for a meeting later, if they don't, there could be an arrest warrant out for them. So they're not getting off scot-free. And the, the police department is already citing people in most of these cases. I mean, people think, oh, this is going to – people are not, not going to yeah. fear, fear uh, uh, committing these crimes because that's they're going to get cited. Biggest, they are getting cited. That's one of yeah. the biggest criticisms we've mm-hmm. heard on, on DA Joe Gonzalez and the police department. Yeah. And everybody is like, oh, they're not rough on – you know, they're not hard on crime because they're doing this. So it's so already it's happening. It's already happening to it's a great degree. Happening. But, of course, the big issue is really the fact that the officers at least have yes. the discretion. They can make the call. And this would take this away from them. And I think that's – in most cases, they're choosing to, to cite people anyway, but they want the power. And I think f- for, I think the public is looking at this and probably thinking, yeah, if I, want, I want the officer – or at least – I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think there are a lot of voters probably thinking, I want the officer to – at least have the, the if if there are extenuating circumstances to be able to to make the arrest. Yeah, I mean, if if making an arrest will kind of de-escalate the situation. Say there's the the threat of violence. There's not actual violence when the the police officer shows up, but if just cited, uh, I think there's there's concern that it could become explosive after that. Separate uh, somebody you, yeah, from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. a dangerous if you, situation. If you can't yeah. d- detain the person to yeah. take them in. Uh, it's just going to get worse. I think that's that's part of the the fear. Yeah. So, Carrie, is, is based on on you talking to other candidates and just your your sense of what's going on in the community? Is it your sense that this is probably going to going to go down? It, it does. Uh, 
when we met with the organizers, though, Ananda Thomas did say something that was interesting when talking about the polling that they've done and that the, the section that does the strongest is, is abortion, yes. which, 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 which is such a wild card, but, um, and, and it, would be, it would be amazing if that's what would, would somehow pull it through. Uh, but that's it, one that the city can't even it, well, can't yeah. even yeah. Right. It act so on, right? About that's, yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, it's if not even had, like know, it if, would make a difference. It would be I mean, this is going back in time. Yeah. But if somehow you had it had it had flopped, like if Proposition A was up in in twenty twenty one, first of all, you wouldn't have the abortion issue because we wouldn't have had you know it wouldn't have been rolled back yet, and you would still have some of the emotion of George Floyd, yeah. and if. Proposition B in, in 2023, you'd still have an interesting debate of, with, about, you know, collective bargaining rights for, for police, and you'd possibly you could get both passed, but it's just, yeah, the timing is just off, and again, it would be an amazing yeah. upset if it should win. Yeah, I just, I just it, don't it see just that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just even, don't the, see it even the justice director <laughs> yeah. point of it is interesting, because I would think that that would be one of the easier ones, mm-hmm. so okay, or not say that's one of the controversial ones. But last, um, I believe it was last Cher- week, Cherry. yeah, Terry, I was surprised when she said that, but it made so much sense. And I would think Terry would have been for it, mm-hmm. actually, and just kind of knowing her background, but she was not for it. She's um, for She's for A, but she She's a get, but she has problems with the justice director. Yes, mm-hmm. and the justice director part, and she just made a point, and not to quote her directly, but basically, you know, to paraphrase her, saying that each council member should be doing that. That is their role, is to decide policy, and why do they need a justice director to do that? Because each one was elected, you know, by their constituents to do that, and that they are shaping policy the way they deem necessary. Right. She may also be concerned yeah. about the makeup of the council that would be appointing this justice director. It's probably a little more conservative than she would care for. Mm. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Um, we'll start talking about the gun issue. Before I do, uh, last week, uh, the state legislature began its budget debate. And uh, one of the issues we've been talking about and monitoring is the issue of school vouchers, which is really divisive and something that uh, at least a faction of, of Republicans in the legislature have, have tried to, to put forward uh, in recent years and, and have always failed. Um, and uh, the House had a vote. It's largely symbolic vote because the budget will 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 change. But they uh, in, in, a, in a budget amendment, they voted to ban uh, funding for school vouchers. It was an 86 to 52 vote. And the, the, par- the part that I w- wanted to focus on, and we, like I said, this is, we still have to see how this plays out, but it is a sign that there is, it seems to be a, a pretty solid majority in the Texas House against school vouchers. Um, but on the San Antonio front, uh, the, you know, the Democrats in the, in the House all voted for this, this amendment um, to, to ban funding for school vouchers. On the Republican side, we had Steve Allison also vote for it. Uh, John Lujan uh, voted present, and um, you know, I, in my experience with the with Representative Lujan, he's uh, he's talked about being supportive of uh, conceptually supportive of public education, but on a lot of issues, it's it's sometimes hard to kind of figure out exactly where he where he lands. And I think this is kind of an example. I think I know that he he sees himself as a supporter of public education, but this was a, a chance, I think, to kind of take yeah. the, you know to make a stand with a vote, and he. Mm-hmm. You Put didn't. it on the record. Yeah. Put it on the record. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Did not do that. So I just I thought yeah. that there's a lot to come on this issue, but I, I wanted to, to make that point. On the gun issue, just in the past couple of weeks, 
um, we've seen uh, last uh, Wednesday we saw a national uh, school walkout on over the issue of, of gun violence, uh, including uh, in uh, we saw it in Uvalde, which of course is is still reeling from um, last May's uh, school shooting at Robb Elementary. Um, the state senator who represents Uvalde, Roland Gutierrez, has had two heated exchanges with uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. A couple of weeks ago, he, uh, Gutierrez took the rare step of challenging a ruling from the Lieutenant Governor. Almost never happens. He was trying to get an amendment in a, in a bill uh, which would have uh, restricted online uh, assault weapon sales. Um, and Dan Patrick didn't said it was not germane to the bill and threw it out. And, and you had you had a really heated exchange there. Last week, there was a debate on the the bill that would restrict uh, drag shows um, in Texas, uh, prevent drag performances in front of kids. Berlin Gutierrez made the point uh, on the floor in questioning Brian Hughes, the author of the bill, made the point, well, you know, we're we're not we're, when it comes to taking care of kids, uh, you know, we're not we're not doing a whole lot to protect kids from gun violence. And uh, Dan Patrick shut him down and said if he continued bringing up a, a subject that Dan Patrick considered uh, not relevant to the bill, that he was going to he wasn't going to allow him to uh, to speak from the floor again. So we've had that happening. We had uh, along the same lines in Tennessee, we saw the Tennessee three, uh, three Democrats who uh, had a, a participated, I guess, in conjunction with, with a protest at the state capitol. They had a protest uh, in favor of, of gun reform on the, on the House floor. Two of them, who both of whom happened to be African-American men, were uh, expelled from the legislature by, by uh, Tennessee Republicans. Uh, and uh, just Sunday, we saw in his final press conference, uh, a pregame press conference of the the basketball season, Greg Popovich went on about, a, I think it was about a 10-minute, uh, <laughs> you know, screed about the, the issue of gun reform. And, and, I mean, it was some of the most blunt language I've heard from anybody uh, on this. I mean, this is an issue that we've all been talking about for a long time. It seems like something is happening right now. Um, Carrie, I mean, I don't know if... I, if you have a sense of like, obviously we saw the shooting in Nashville recently, mm -hmm. and that was that was big. But. And just a little pop. Um, and as we as we speak, there was a shooting in Louisville today, yeah. which we don't you know we find some of the details. You know, we always I think everyone everyone had the experience of December two thousand twelve after with Sandy Hook saying this is it, this is this yeah. is where we get to, and then it, it wasn't it. And then I think some of us had that feeling uh, last year with Uvalde, and it wasn't it. And it's easy to get understandable to get uh, frustrated and give up hope. But sometimes it's the accumulation of things. And I think things are slowly, sadly, as things slowly accumulate, that includes the bodies of, of people and then the bodies of children. But I think what happened in Tennessee last week is something that, I mean, we kind of feel like it's kind of big right now. But historically, I think folks are going to look back at that at that moment where the tectonic plates just kind of shifted. Because mm -hmm. I think the, the Tennessee legislature unleashed something, a movement, or reinforced a movement of, of, of young people that 
again, not knowing when it's going to actually change what we think should be changed or what that change is going to look like. We don't know what that change is going to look like. But I think something has been set in motion. And uh, uh, and you've got all these kids. And that's, that. you know, every major movement throughout world history has been led by young folks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got, and now you've got high school students in the lead. So I think something's going to happen. I just don't know. You did a great way. column on yeah. yes. the school walkout last week. Oh, thank last you. Week. So what did you, uh, and, you know, so we, we had a national protest last week, kids walking out of schools across the country, including Uvalde. Yeah. Like, what, what was the significance of that for you? I think, that, I think it's just it's, uh, from just it's cliche that we're just tired. We're not going to take it anymore. And, yeah, those, those walkouts were organized. But uh, I think you can have tighter organizations. There's, there's so many ways that you can— Use civil disobedience and nonviolent protests beyond uh, marching and walking out of schools. And I think a lot of these these young folks. I think some of them already are studying those methods. I think we're going to see better organization. Um, and I think it's going to be a a, a a a mass movement, and that you just can't tell folks that we're not going to do nothing about protecting your lives. We're going to go after drag shows and, and we're going to have a governor of Texas who's more interested in in pardoning a man just convicted of, mm-hmm. of murder than doing anything about you know children and teachers killed under his watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in Uvalde when um, I was there a couple weeks ago and we're going from one interview to the next and pass by and we see this... Um, elementary kids in their playground. And this is Flores Elementary, where a lot of the kids um, who were survivors, um, they're in Uvalde of the school shooting, go to school. And so um, one of the survivors, Caitlin Gonzalez, uh, she led her little group, and it's only about seven or eight little girls. And they're in the playground, and we, you know, got out of the car and watched them. And I put it on, you know, got some video and photo and put it on Twitter and stuff. But it was just, you know, these little girls, they were just, you know, it was impromptu that one of them, Caitlin, called her mom that day and said, Mom, we're not going to lunch. We're just going to, you know, protest. And her mom's like, what? You know, and but kind of used to it from Caitlin, you know, and Caitlin's a little girl that was profiled in The Washington Post, um, that she was in the school when the shooting was happening and hiding in her classroom. She did not get injured. But obviously, she has PTSD. Some of her best friends were killed and she was in the school when it happened. Um, so she's there and you could just watch these little girls and um, and then she, they would go in the back and I mean not go in the back because everybody is watching them right there's just a small group of media there on the outside and then their principal watching and telling us to stay away but you know it's a public street corner um, that we're watching it from and so then they go and then they huddle and then she's like okay what chant are we going to do next and they're coming up with their little plan and she's like no 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 let's not say it like that let's say you know no more no more school shootings okay and so Doing it, you know, and they yeah. were just these budding organizers, <laughs> that's, that's and it was just beautiful to watch this. And um, and then you have Lalo. Um, Lalo was standing on the outside, and he, you know, he made it very clear to me. He said, "I didn't call them. I didn't create this. I did not. You know, nobody's organizing this." And Caitlin's mom told me the same thing. She said, "It wasn't me. I didn't. You know, this was her idea. In that's fact, they haven't eaten, about. and it's hot, right? It's hot out there, and they haven't eaten." 
And um, but it, that's exactly what you're talking about. These young people who are rising up now, these little girls, you know, 10, 10 years old, you know, doing this. Um, and then the same thing with the Uvalde, um, the march that happened on that Wednesday last week. Um, I believe it was Wednesday and the national walkout day. And um, when they had that, a lot of the parents who lost children in the Uvalde school shooting at Robb Elementary, they were there and they watched over the kids. But there were several times when they said, we are not in charge. We're not leading this. The kids are leading it. The students are leading it and saying, this is yours. We're not doing it. And saying, we're just making sure you're okay. We're making sure that you're crossing the street safely and that everybody is okay. But this is not, this is not on us. You know, this is yours. And I'm, there's so much power in that. Um, in Tennessee, the loudest, I mean, the gal, you could hear them in the gallery when all this is happening. And I was watching and listening to in the background as I worked all day listening to it. But these are young voices. Young voices. Yeah. And that is, Carrie, you're absolutely right. That's what's going to take is these young voices. And Nashville was, was the site of the 1960 Nashville student movement. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. John Lewis and Diane Nash. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's what it's going to take. And I think that the, the, the part of the passion is just the, comes out of the frustration that any debate on this issue is, is being shut down. And and what happened in the Tennessee legislatures and, 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 and they prime example of that. Off yeah, we're, yeah, and they can off. say, well, they were not following the decorum of the legislature. But this is an issue that people feel passionately about, and this should be a debate. And and one of the things um, that we hear on this issue is uh, people who are resistant to gun reform is that. Um, you know, it's all about mental health, and we all. And I don't think that it's an either-or proposition. Certainly, right. we need to 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 fund and provide better services for mental health, and that's certainly an issue. But if you think about foreign policy, it's always been very int uh, easy for people to understand that if you have a foreign leader who's unhinged or ir irrational, that's a concern. But if that same leader who's unhinged and irrational has access to nuclear weapons. Yeah. That's an existential threat. Very good point. And yeah. so someone who has mental and, – and by the way, I don't want to paint people with mental health challenges with a broad brush because they're, they, they take all kinds of forms. But I'm saying people who have severe mental health problems and could be a danger to themselves or others, you, you give those people an AR-15 and then that, that changes everything. And I, I don't think it's that hard to understand and I don't think it's uh, given all that we've – that parents and children and you know families have had to endure in this country, I don't think it's too much to ask that we can have a serious debate and and people can can hash out what the what that results in. But to have at least a debate to show respect, I think I don't think that's too much to ask. And I don't even think that's a partisan stand. I think that should just be Yeah. Absolutely common sense. It's about I mean, I know someone who's a teacher who's afraid of um who's afraid of going to school, of going to class because she thinks there's going to be a school shooting. And um, but she has babies who will one day be in those schools. And she has students in her classroom who she has to keep safe, right? But teachers, and I'm a former teacher, but mm -hmm. teachers shouldn't have to think every day their lives are on the line right. and they have to protect their kids and throw their body in front of the kids, you know, in case their students are getting shot up. I mean, this is something very serious. And, you know, I told her, I said, but your babies will be in school soon too. And she said, I know. 
And this is just, I mean, is this the kind of school system America wants? Like, we're okay with this? It's, it shouldn't be okay. And it absolutely shouldn't be a partisan issue, but obviously it is. Yeah, we deserve and, debate on this. Um, well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up. Hope everyone out there is doing well. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Take care. Bye.